welcome everybody to Too Legit to Create, a tabletop role-playing podcast hosted by two guys who would probably lend credence to the satanic panic. My name is John Santana. <laughs> I'm still Justin. <laughs> oh, dude, these intros, man. <laughs> oh, you get these from like ChatGPT or something. <laughs> no, no, I literally spend all week thinking of it. <laughs> I, I can actually see that you're sitting at work just like doodling away in like a notebook and everyone's like I, oh he must be like writing a novel or something nope intros intros for the podcast i i when when we first started i wrote about 10. <laughs> um i think we've got two left of those original ones oh interesting interesting and it was today when i was out and about it was like oh shit here's one and i just remember <laughs> satanic panic it was like oh, okay, yeah. yeah that we, we could make that work oh my gosh that's a good one oh glad you liked it, glad you liked it. <laughs> so how are you keeping good old buddy i am doing fantastic um i i have been in a really good place this week because um i i've not only got one new game starting up i've got two new games starting up um with the same group of players which is going to be interesting um because essentially what we're doing is um somebody that we we know has decided he would like to try his hand at gming and obviously i was like yeah absolutely let's do it i've got a book that you can run that i was going to run but fuck it you can run it instead um because it's a really good like introductory book um for players as well as dms um so he's going to run that and he was saying that he might run like every other week because it gives him a lot more time between to kind of like you know prep and make sense of things and and stuff like that so i said well you know if you want to run every other week i could run in the other weeks <laughs> and want to run two games and um everyone was pretty keen on that so yeah so we're going to be running two games side by side same group of players just swapping out the gm every week fantastic i'm assuming both uh 5e of course mm-hmm uh well i mean they're, they're, they're all quite new players and that's the only system that they've really dabbled in um so i don't want to start confusing them with like different rule sets and stuff like that just yet that's fair whatever whatever flows mm. you about my friend mm-hmm. cool I've cool also given in to the dark side as you know because you've been helping me with things <laughs> <laughs> um and i have installed obsidian <laughs> on my laptop now now the Dude, question- it's so good <laughs> Because I, when I spoke to you about it, yeah, I felt like I was a bit being a bit quite heavy-handed. But I think at the same time, I kind of undersold it about think, how good it actually is. I think it's one of those things. Like with, I think the way you tried to sell it was the wrong approach for what I needed out of it. If that makes sense, um, because a lot of the, the the way you sold it to me was stuff that is already handled by stuff I use. So like D and D Beyond handles like the encounters and the, the initiative tracking and all that sort of thing. So I'm not using any of that. Um, I'm using it for all of the other bits, like note-taking, world-building. Um, I've got some really good generators in there for generating like stores and shops and stuff in towns and inns. Um, and then like the NPC database, that was that was big. Uh, you did tell me about that one, but that one that one's my favorite of all of them, if I'm honest, is that NPC database. Um, and yeah, it's just... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm playing around with it all day, every day at the minute, um, and just you know finding other things that I can do with it, and it's yeah, it's so powerful, dude. <laughs> the thing that that kind of gets me on it is, 
the ability to kind of go, I want to do this. Yeah. And there is a way to do it. Yeah. That, that's the Where, thing. Whereas um, if you're if you're working with a with a uh, a program designed by somebody, mm. whether that's D and D Beyond or whether that's what, Arkham Forge or one of the other sort of yeah. bespoke options out there, RPG management software, there is. It's a case of you kind of have to work with the tools that you're given. Yeah. Whereas because Obsidian <laughs> is community driven chances are there is someone out there that's had the specific need that you needed yeah and they just happen to know how to code yeah uh, and, and and that's that's what i've been finding with it you know is like i i use a lot of um because so i i struggle with um coming up with original uh material right so quite often if i'm doing everything myself by hand I'll use NPCs that I've like encountered in other games or um, just like, it'll be a name from a book I read one time or something like that. Right. And I, I really struggle with that sort of thing. Um, or I'll just pull out like a, like a book of names from like, there's a bunch of them in, in Xanathar's guide for 5e. There's a bunch of like name generators at the back of the book. Um, and I'd get them from there. Um, but like fleshing out those NPCs was a struggle. Whereas some of the tools in this, like it just links into chat GPT and has a bunch of prompts that like goes, Oh, okay. We need a description for an NPC. Uh, just, yeah. Just chat GPT. will write one. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I did see that functionality. I have not added it. Um, it's really good <laughs> just because, you know, I, it still, costs money as well. I still kind of like to, to do a lot of things myself. Yeah. Although like I do use chat PT from time to time, mm. but I don't like relying on it. Um, so I will, I will spend time and just kind of go, okay, so this NPC and I'll, you know, think of someone I've met in my past and basically <laughs> use that description. I mean, um, I would ask if I've got any NPCs in your games, but I know for a fact I do. So, <laughs> oh, you do, but that was a character that you created in a <laughs> no, I know, yeah. Session, so. <laughs> yeah, that was your own. That was your own doing that. Oh, uh, it was entirely, yeah. Um, so yeah, it is. It is a phenomenal bit of kit, and the fact that you can use it entirely for free. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It and, is awesome. And there's also something about the work that you put in to make it functional yeah there's a sense of pride there which is weird i think it's also as well like when when you start so i, I was so i i've copied a lot of like the the base rules and stuff into it now so that i've got reference to them um sort of like in in my screen uh without having to google stuff and things like that right but then i was writing out some other stuff and I found myself being able to do like, if you go to a lot of like, um, like roll 20 or anything like this, right. And you go through the rules that they have, they'll quite often link to other rules when they mention it, like to what a bonus action is or stuff like that, because I've put those rules in and I've got them as documents within my system, I can do the same thing and I can link to other rules and other bits and pieces. And that just, for me, that just felt so cool. Cause I was able to like write out, essentially verbatim what's on like these websites with links to the other bits of information and stuff, but without linking externally. And that was really cool. Check out the Obsidian Facebook, um, uh, Facebook group. And they mm. do have a GitHub 
Yes. I've, I've already been playing with that. So many things. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the five ESRDs on there. Yeah, I've already, I've already got that. <laughs> yeah, the Pathfinder stuff's on there. I've already got that yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm currently doing, and obviously it's not something I can share, but I'm currently putting in uh, Delta Green, mm. the Handler's Guide in there as well. But yeah, that's yeah. just going to, obviously, that's just for me. Because for you, yeah. there's no, you know, I'm not allowed to share that. But Yeah, of course, yeah. But it's going to be the same thing. I'm going to have the structure built up yeah. and, you know, in an adventure where it says, oh, roll a sand check, and there'll be a little highlight where you, you can, can just hover. Yeah, ho- and... hover over it and get, oh, a sand check is this. Yeah. Oh, it is it's a so good, phenomenal, dude. It's brilliant. phenomenal program. And I'm glad, I'm glad you've kind of adapted it because it's going to make your workflow mm. um, so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I've also, I, I don't know if... Um, I don't know if you've seen it because I, I'm sure they've got one for for Pathfinder as well. But obviously, I'm I'm looking at the five E stuff, but they've got like fantasy stat blocks. Um, is a plugin for it? Yeah, they've got that for Pathfinder as well. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm using that as well. So like when I'm writing out like what encounter is going to happen at this point, I can actually just put in the stat blocks for the creatures as well, which is really cool. Yeah, and to be fair, the I used Obsidian for one of my society games not long mm. ago. And the stat block, the the initiative tracker with the stat blocks, it works really well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm probably still going to use the D and D Beyond um, tracker just for for that because um, it's got so all, all of my players have a D and D Beyond account. We we're all going to be creating characters in the same campaign on there, so it just makes it a little bit more. Um, it's easier for them because like one of them is not always going to be able to be here in person. So they'll be able to send their dice rolls through that and stuff like that. Um, so from that aspect, it's just going to be a bit easier for me to manage the, the combat side through D and D beyond still. Um, but the rest of it I'm doing through, through Obsidian. Yeah. Most, I mean, most of my game is through Foundry and I've got like all the maps and the creatures on there as well. So I don't, I don't utilize the, the full functionality of Obsidian all the time. Um, but just the ability to, to do that is, is incredible. It is a really, really solid program. So I'm glad, I'm glad you've you've, you've kind of joined us. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Do it. I I rewatched that the other day. Fuck, it's bad. <laughs> you know, and, um, and, and I've just come off watching The Clone Wars. Well. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, so Anakin and Padme become good actors for six seasons. <laughs> and then go back to being shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I watched so I watched episode one with my daughter um, a, a, about a month or so ago for the first time. Um, and obviously with her being the age that she is, she's three years old. I was fully expecting her to be like, Jar Jar Binks is awesome, right? Because let's be honest, he's the kind of character that appeals to young kids, right? That's what he's there for. She hated him. (laughs) I was never more proud. (laughs) She loved R2 and hated Jar Jar. I was like, I have succeeded as a parent. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. It You you do nothing else now. Yeah, I'm I'm done. Like my work here is done. I can I can die a happy man. <laughs> oh. So I um mm. I finally got my copy of uh Rage of Elements that came Ooh. out on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Came out on Thursday. Mm. I was in a foul fucking mood for the first out two hours at work. 
because <laughs> I woke up Thursday morning and had a look and it wasn't on my Nexus yet. Yeah. So yeah, obviously time difference. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Uh, I was sat at work seething for a couple of hours <laughs> um, until I actually came. And what a fucking book it is. It is phenomenal. And I may have a new favorite class. Oh, yeah. interesting. On Saturday, we had our lodge meet and I was playing for a change. So I had to build a kineticist. Okay. And fuck me, they're awesome. So so describe a kineticist for me because i'm sure we've got something somewhat similar in 5e but i'm not sure what so a kineticist is essentially a character who manipulates the elements all right and it's not like a wizard not like an elementalist wizard yeah who uses spells um this you just you channel the like an airbender Similar, yeah, very, very. That's probably right. the closest approximation. Yeah. Right? Okay. Now there was there were kineticists in first edition. Mm, I never played one though. They were they were quite good. Mm. The only problem about them is they had a lot of abilities, but they ended up kind of defaulting to one ability, which was just right. a kinetic blast. Yeah, yeah. So, so they did become very kind of one-dimensional. So a bit like um, Warlocks and 5e, where it's like, they've got a lot of cool stuff, but they 99% of the time just, you know, oh, just blast. Yeah, because, I mean, that is probably the most effective way of playing them. Yeah. Whereas in second edition, they still have their kinetic blast, mm-hmm. but they can do so much fucking more. So at first level, you pick an element. You can, well, no, let's start again. First, at first level, you can pick either single gate or dual gate. Okay. All right. So single gate means one element and dual gate means two. If you pick two, you could still do everything you can with a single. They're only like slightly less powerful. Okay. You know, you have a so little So it's, it's less... power for versatility type thing. Exactly. So I went and I went ahead and built a water kineticist mm-hmm. called Evian Perrier. It's <laughs> amazing. Oh. Right. So she was a water kineticist. So you should have joined the mafia and become a don. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm here all week, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, she is is like a, a walker anatomist, and the amount of shit she can do at first level mm. is staggering. Because your blasts, you can choose them, you can choose whether they're going to be melee or ranged. So it, you don't even have to worry about positioning. Okay. If you're in melee range, you use a melee blast. Yeah. You can use more actions to make your blast more powerful. Okay. So you can add your con modifier to the damage. Mm. Um, or you can just use a single action, which is just a straight D8 or a D8 plus your strength if you're doing a melee. Yeah. Um, but then af- if you do two, act- two action impulse, as, they- as they're called you then get an additional effect of, oh, I can push you back five feet. Interesting. Okay, so that's pretty cool. So you've got a damage dealing class, which also has battlefield control and versatility. 
And being a con-based caster, I, I imagine they're quite a hearty character as well because you're going to pump everything into con. Exactly. And it was, he's just so cool. All the players at the table were kind of going, yeah, we need to build one of these. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing, right? So I, I think I, I know why I, I recognize uh, the name Kineticis. It's not because we have something like it in 5e. It's because people are using it as an example of a con-based caster being functional and working because there's a lot of argument in the 5e world to make sorcerers con-based. And it, I kind of get it, right? Because sorcerers, at, at least in 5e, all of their magic is from their bloodline, right? It's from within them. So it would make sense that they would need to be quite, you know, uh, they would have to have a, a decent constitution to be able to control this power that's in their in their blood. Hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we don't have any con-based casters in 5th edition. Um, but there is like homebrew rules for making a sorcerer con-based. Um, which I want to try at some point because I think it makes sense and it, it would be good because it just, uh, we, we could use one. <laughs> I mean, like I, I've only tried it out at first level, but mm. I'm, you know, was it, it was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I may at some point make a kineticist and multi-class with a bard, and then I've just got Ooh, my perfect character. Yeah. <laughs> Chat shit or get wet. <laughs> Chat shit and get wet. Hey, it's bard 101. <laughs> so speaking of Paizo releases. Yes. Another thing that happened on Thursday. It, um, it was, I think it was like the first day of Gen Con, mm-hmm. and uh, Paizo announced Starfinder 2nd Edition. I did see that, yeah. That is fucking huge. Yeah. Um, the, probably one of the reasons why I don't really play much Starfinder is because it feels like a step backwards. Mm. Because I, Pathfinder Second Edition is is so crisp and so tight and so well done. The going back to Starfinder, which is essentially very similar, similar to, to Pathfinder First Edition, yeah, yeah, it does feel like a step back. Same, can, same reason that, why yeah. I'm kind of reluctant to 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 play any five E based games. It's yeah. the same sort of thing. Um, but yeah, bringing it out for Second Edition and making it fully compatible with pathfinder is just gonna be yeah that's gonna be sick it's gonna be amazing <laughs> um yeah i mean i so i've i've not played much starfinder even even first edition because the the space game of choice for me was always stars without number um which is also awesome um but with 2e mechanics because obviously for, from the brief time i played pathfinder second edition I have to agree, the mechanics were really good, right? The ones I saw anyway. So I imagine a space-based game with similar mechanics, I can see how that would be very, very good. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's something that people have been kind of clamoring for. Yeah, Um, understandably, yeah. You know, they have been kind of interested in 
in it becoming a thing. Um, mm. Because Starfinder was released and it was a slight upgrade from Pathfinder yeah. First Edition. They fixed some of the problems. Yeah. But then Pathfinder Second Edition came along and it was an entire rework. Yes. It wasn't a case of we're building on first edition. It's a case of no, we're scrapping everything and we're starting again, and we're going to do this right, yeah, so to speak. So a lot of people have kind of gone right. So what about having those mechanics in, <laughs> in Starfinder? Yeah. So there has been quite a lot of um, a lot of push for it, and I don't think um, I don't think it would have happened as soon as as it's going to happen because they've announced it for i think uh, 2026 year, wasn't it? i think next year the the play test is coming out oh okay is and that... then there's about a year's worth of play test so 2025 i think all right um i don't think that it would have happened as soon had it have not have been without yeah without the the whole community just going, guys <laughs> yeah without paizo stepping away from the ogl yeah where they would have to rework fucking everything anyway so i think yeah. they, they must have just gone you know what let's Fuck just it. pull the trigger let's just <laughs> yeah. go ahead and fucking do it and i'm i'm here for it i am yeah, waiting i want to get my space adventures on <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you got a year, and then we should have the playtest. Because um, looking at it, it was August 2024 for the full playtest. Yeah, but they've, they've started already doing stuff, which is more like a behind-the-scenes sort of, this is what we're thinking. They've already kind of released a couple of, I think it's a couple oh, okay. of classes. Um, yeah. I am going to kind of keep up to date with that. and just kind Yeah, of... absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. that one, I'm going to take the liberty, and I'm going to put that on the watch list. I already did it. Oh, you <laughs> I love you. I love it when you're efficient. Well, speaking of things that we put on a list, um, you see, you see I, I've got segues. Segways. Segways Segway on segues. Segways for we put, days. <laughs> we put um, the One Ring RPG on our list, right? We did. That was some, yeah. So I, I saw a copy of it in a store in town the other day, but I didn't have the spare cash to, to pick it up. However, we have waited so long to pick that up that an expansion is already coming out. <laughs> First of all, which store? Um, the oh god, I can't remember its name. It's the the new board game store in town. Oh, okay. I, I yeah. still don't know where the fuck that is, but um, I you, I can I can take you. It's it's very easy to find if you, once you know where it is. Um, because I'll pick it up. Because I, so, I, I want the one ring. You were, you dude, were gonna it, run the, looks really the Lord good. of the Rings one, weren't you? Uh oh yeah. It might have been the Lord of the Rings one. I don't know. It was it was one of the uh one of the two. They had it in there. Mm. Um but yeah. Anyway, the One Ring RPG, um, they are bringing uh the Minds of Moria as a campaign expansion. Um which is due very, very soon, if not already. Um so it's been penned by the same guy that wrote the book. Um, and it's, oh, no, 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 it's a Kickstarter campaign that launches this month. That was it. So he's doing it for Kickstarter um, and plans to publish the book for retail early next year. Ah, Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, but it's all from the same author. So I feel like it will be 
just as good. No, I mean, you know, if the system is as good as people say it is, mm. then I've got no doubt that an expansion will be just a, a very welcome addition to it. Plus the Mines of Moria. About the One Ring second edition, though. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm just loading up the Kickstarter now. <laughs> one Ring role-playing game, second edition. Ah, okay, so the one that is out now is considered the is, second. Is the second edition. Right, now. okay. I, yeah, because if not, I was going to, like, not buy it until the second edition. But, yeah, cool. So cool, it cool, looks cool. like he's he's writing this module for both the One Ring RPG and the Lord of the Rings 5e version. So he's, he's dual... Penning them. <laughs> I guess it's not penning works. Yeah, dual penning. I mean, I, I guess like the the core um, like adventure is going to be the same, right? It's just mechanics that would need tweaking to make it fit the different systems. But it, is it an actual adventure book or is it a campaign setting? Uh, it's a campaign module. Oh. So it is a campaign module um, to go through the Mines of Moria. Interesting. Hmm. So essentially, he would be creating, or sorry, recreating the Minds of Moria in the set, in the setting, in the game, to then be explored. And I mean, you would be able to use like what he created to essentially use the Minds for your own adventures, right? Because you don't have to use the creatures and stuff that he puts in there. No, <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely interesting. So I think we're going to have to kind of bump that up on the list. Yeah, so we can play it before we start investing more yes. into it. <laughs> I think that would be the wise thing. I I, I would agree, uh, but I, I I'm going to put that on the list because for some reason I think when we recreated the list, the One Ring didn't make it onto the new version of the list. Did not? No, it's yeah, not on there that it. I can see. So I'll put that on there, so we've at yeah. least got the One Ring represented on the list. Yeah, that makes absolute um, sense. But it's still sitting below Tales of the Valiant because we we need to play that soon. Oh, yeah, Tales of the Valiant. And oddly enough, we don't have any Tales of the Valiant news this week. No, we is, don't. Which is fucking weird. <laughs> it is. <laughs> they're, they're, they're taking a break. They're like, well, we'll give them a chance to give talk about some break. other stuff. Let's, let's talk about the other peasants, <laughs> you know, and, and everything. And then we'll come back next week. <laughs> yeah, next time on Dragon Ball Z. Um, <laughs> speaking of, though, things that we have talked about in the past. Not, another brilliant segue. That was, that um, was masterful. It was amazing, right? Um, but obviously, we previously reported that somebody found the Lord of the Rings card, the One Ring. And he wanted to stay anonymous, etc., etc. Um, But he, just this week, you know sold the card you know, to Post Malone. You know your segue could have been, speaking of Lord of the Rings-based properties. We could have. I, that would have been better. That would have been um, much better. It would have been much, much better. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> I missed that one, so <laughs> I suck, basically. Uh, but you know what doesn't suck? Getting paid uh, an undisclosed amount because they have not told us how much it is. However, considering the current offer was like upwards of $2 million that had been put up by somebody, um, we know it's going to be more than that, right? Yeah, I mean, I saw it. Um, someone else showed me this, and it did state $2 million had paid for it. But uh, again... I just kind of saw it fleetingly, so... Yeah, I, th I think that the two million is like people are, are assuming it's two million or more because that was uh, the current standing offer. 
Um, but yeah, so the, I mean, the, the guy that sold the card, um, he, he's well known in the Magic the Gathering world. Like he's quite a, a known player, um, but he wanted to sell it to somebody that he felt would appreciate the card. Um, which is why he sold it to Post Malone, because Post Malone uh, has previously bought a very expensive card. Um, he bought a copy of the Black Lotus card for $800,000 previously, um, which was the most expensive Magic the Gathering card ever sold, or one of. Um, obviously, this one should be considerably more, considering it's upwards of $2 million, I reckon, was is a safe bet. Hmm. Um, but yeah, but, but I mean, Post Malone has done loads for Magic the Gathering as a whole. Um, I mean, I know we don't talk a lot about the card game, um, because it's not really our, our Jimmy Jam, but he's put on big events and stuff like that for, for Magic the Gathering. And yeah, he's does, does his fair part and, uh, has now paid a stupid amount of money to somebody who, by the sounds of it, could have really used the money and you know it's going to completely change his life so no i mean yeah. congratulations <laughs> yeah i mean the guy who sold it is definitely onto a winner yeah and speaking of winners hey there it is there we go there we go okay <laughs> so first of all um the diana awards that we've kind of mentioned a couple of times yes there has been a winner yes and it is i'm actually really excited and it's one that we've got on our list i know and i think we need to move it up the list because of this <laughs> um coyote and crow wins yes. the 2023 diana jones award i actually saw that in a shop the other day and it was like do i buy it do i buy it you, you absolutely should have ah, dude i've spent so fucking much money like i know i know <laughs> But yeah, we definitely uh, need to play this. Yeah, I'm going to bump it up the list a bit. It just looks uh, it looks really interesting. It looks like like a really interesting take on a culture that, frankly, we know, at least I know, fuck all about. Yeah, no, and, I mean, nothing. I, I know nothing. Very little. And yeah, I, I would love, love to play that. So yeah, that's that's definitely on our list. Probably behind One Ring. Yeah, it's it's where I've moved that up to. Mm. Um, but I mean, like, if we're going to discuss winners, though. Yeah. See, I set you up for that one. I, <laughs> you did. I, 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 I kind of stayed quiet because it was like <laughs> the, the sort of to and fro. I mean, yeah. So obviously, we have a, a considerable amount more winners to to talk about we do we do one in fucking particular yes um so the ennies yes the ennies they, award, they've announced their winners yeah the ennies award ceremony took place last night mm-hmm. at gen con yes okay so i don't think free league really bother anymore I think they just turn up and kind of just go, just give me our prize. Give me, give me yeah, the prize. turn up, thank you, and then leave. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, how, many, how many have fucking freely won? One, two, three, four. Enough. Four. Four prizes they've won. Fucking hell. So... Yeah, Free League have won Product of the Year for Vesson RPG Mythic Britain and Ireland. Mm-hmm. They've also won Blade Runner core, core Rules for the best layout and design. Blade Runner starter set for the best cartography. Yeah. The Ruins of Simba and Bestiary for the best monster or adversary. Yep. So, yeah, you know. They've done something right. They've done done half of themselves. I mean, I I would like to just 
point out though that a game that we mentioned last week with couch is on this list i know i saw that and i got so fucking excited <laughs> <laughs> so fabula ultima is on here as best game couch <laughs> if you do not have a list you do now this is now top of the list this is now top of your list <laughs> we expect you to run this game <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, there are, there are some some really cool things on here. But I mean, it's just a, a big well done to to everybody that that won an award there. Um, you know, I mean, it's a huge huge thing to do, and congratulations to all of them. I mean, the only one I, the only ones I don't really know are Blackbirds and Sword of the Serpentine, mm. um, Avatar Legends. Um, the I mean, free rules are out. Yeah, and you can just download them and just kind of see what the game's about. It is based on powered by the apocalypse so similar to monster of the week etc etc however there is a more in-depth combat mechanic um so you can actually choose depending on the situation which combat mechanic you want to use you want to use the powered by the apocalypse the 2d6 and you succeed you fail or there is one where you kind of choose the sort of um fighting not necessarily stance but the approach that you're taking whether you're going to be defending whether you're going to be um counteracting or that sort of thing and Mm. it is really fleshed out it is a very intricate combat mechanic so i was i'm actually looking that up because my son has recently got into avatar and i went funny you should mention avatar there is a game for it (laughs) As it goes. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll probably be running that at some point. Maybe the big inner box or something. Um, Blackbirds, unfortunately, um, I don't know too much about, but I'm sure we can Google it. I can hear Justin's keyboard going. I, I, I was Googling the next one, actually. Okay, I'm doing Blackbirds then. Blackbirds <laughs> RPG. Okay. So, uh, Blackbirds is a dark fantasy tabletop role-playing game powered by Zweihander RPG. The gods failed us, the powerful betrayed us, rise to meet your fate. Twelve years of war have ravaged the kingdoms of Erebos, where the great battle that would decide the fate of all has been waged and lost. That's a, hmm. that's a blurb. Yeah. That's a blurb and a half, isn't it? Uh-huh. That's, I mean, it's, it sounds pretty good. Can't, it does. Can't, can't lie. Um, so, I mean, I, I had a quick look at Swords of Serpentine because that's one that neither of us have really heard of. Uh, it's a gumshoe game. Ooh. Um, so it's a sword of sorcery game of daring he- heroism, sly politics, and bloody savagery set in a fantasy city rife with skullduggery and death. Uh, the rules adapt the gumshoe investigative role-playing system to create a fantasy RPG with a focus on high action role-playing and investigation inspired by the stories of... Uh, oh, Terry Pratchett, Robert E. Howard, uh, and a few other people as well. Well, that's, I mean, that sounds good. That does yeah. sound good. Um, I'll definitely have a look into them. I'm not going to add them to the list yet because no, yeah, we've yeah, got yeah. far too much. The list is growing yeah. ever bigger. And um. <laughs> another winner is Linda Codega. Yes. Um, from io9 and Gizmodo. She, sorry, they, um, they were the, one of like the the i don't know whether they broke the news or whether they were just like one of the main one voices of the, uh, yeah of of the whole ogl debacle 
Yes. And speaking of Linda Cadega. Yeah, um, I was just, just about to bring that up as well. Yeah. <laughs> about the uh, the new D&D source book. Yeah, um, they posted yeah. the other day um, in a column that they wrote um, that a artist um, who worked on Bigsby Presents Glory of the Giants has admitted to using yes. AR to generate certain details um, of new art for the source book. Yeah. All right. That's so. I've been having a look at what like he he's because like so he actually posted this up on on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it right. It's called X now. Um, he posted up on on X that that he did this um, because he basically he's known as an AI artist and it was people were saying oh he's just generated all of it on AI. But that's not what he's actually done. What he's done is he's created like a 99% of the artwork. And then he's just kind of like um, post-productioned it through an AI to like add the the final flares, right? Um, so like he's, so in that story um, from, from Linda, he, there's actually an example of the kind of thing that he did. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you've, you've got that in front of yeah, you. Yeah, I've, I've got it up now. Yeah, so you can see, I mean, the differences are negligible. Um, it's like, it's added a bit of a glow and like an effect over the arm. That's about it. I mean, I think <laughs> the timing of it is the problem. Um, I mean, yeah, I can see that. Cause I mean, wizards have got some issues. However, not only that, not only the, the, the I mean, wizards have lost a lot of goodwill. Yeah. You know, and anyone who's anyone, myself included, I will happily jump on that particular bandwagon. Mm -hmm. But it's also the AI discussion. Yeah. Because I mean, a lot of what's going on now, especially with the, the SAG and, and all that, a lot of it is down to problems or AI being problematic and being misused and i think right now it's a buzzword i think so as well i think that is a, a big thing is there there is also a lot of people who are seeing these stories about like ai art generators just stealing other people's art which i know some of the free like free ones do right um they, they will just basically crop and and like paste stuff together um but that's not what all of them do um, you know, some of them will just use like a particular art style that you tell it to use or, or things like that. But I mean, it's, I, it's such a, a touchy subject for a lot of people. I mean, I, I know a lot of artists as well. Um, and some of them are horrifically offended by AI art. Some of them think it's a really cool tool. Um, so even people in the art world can't seem to come to a consensus on whether AI art is good or bad. No, um, there, yeah, there is a lot of discussion. <laughs> and part of it is because in order to train these AI systems, mm -hmm. they have to get information from somewhere. Yeah. And that, especially in the case of art, like especially like visual art. But is that not how we learn how to do art? 
that is true that is true i mean that's the thing like if you're telling if if that's the stance that these guys that these artists want to take of oh yeah but it has to study everyone else's art to be able to create its own art it's like so you've never looked at another bit of artwork ever in your life you've never been influenced by another artist like it's it I, i feel like that particular argument is just such a straw man argument because it's it's bullshit it's literally bullshit um because that's how every artist is trained right you literally to get a degree in art you go and study other artists work that's what you do (laughs) right um there's literally degrees studying other people's art so i i don't see that as necessarily a bad thing because as long as it's not taking that artwork that it's it's studied and like i said earlier like some of the the free ones um just you know cropping other people's artwork and putting it together because that's not creating art right that is just literally cutting and pasting other people's artwork that's different right um but studying how like those other bits were put together to create its own its own way of doing it i don't see that as any different to studying art yourself i don't honestly i don't know the answer um because it you kind of have to figure out where the limits are you kind of have to kind of know okay so what is acceptable and what kind of crosses the threshold into plagiarism right again again though then we need to uh well i mean you would have to do that with any art like if if i because there's already laws about that right if i paint if i paint somebody else's artwork not that i can because i'm a terrible artist but if i was good enough right and i went and painted somebody else's artwork as long as i don't sell it that's perfectly legal um if i'm literally copying it like brush stroke for brush stroke right if i'm just inspired by another artist it's i mean it's the same sort of like music as well right if you're inspired by blink 182 and you sound a lot like blink 182 are you just blink 182 2.0 are you copying their music or are you just similar Oh, that's, you know, that is obviously for people to kind of debate when the time is right. The problem with the (laughs) AI argument is that it is not regulated. There is Um, no no regulation as to what is permitted and what isn't. And that is why so many people are taking to the streets in regards to this. And it has had a knock-on effect in the term, in any time AI is mentioned, it is, for want of another word, demonized. Oh, absolutely. So if this person is, I mean, t- to be fair, this person using AI to enhance his um, enhance his own images, that doesn't bother me. That I don't see necessarily fault with that. Yeah. But I do understand the knee-jerk reaction that's happened because of everything that's going on yeah um I've, i think as well though like it's it, i mean you, you said about drawing the line right but at what point is it using technology to help finish a product that any different to say even the technology we use to record this podcast right because i mean we use like i, I p- personally use software for you know eq and stuff on my microphone um like all of that sort of things like I, I don't have like a big EQ board in front of me. I'm not trained to do that. I've clicked a button based on other people's work and it's made my voice sound like this, right? Um, whereas normally you would have to hire somebody to 
to come and EQ your stuff. Um, and the same sort of thing in like, if you look at video editing software in particular, right, there are so many effects and stuff built into those that are so good now that like what used to take entire teams of VFX artists is now one person and a laptop. At what point do you chalk it up to progression? <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's <laughs> what this debate has to kind of reach. And we're not going to reach there, you and I. We're not going to fucking get there. Oh, I've already made my mind up. But... <laughs> but, you know, it's one of these things that, you know, our opinion, your opinion, my opinion. Doesn't really matter. Nobody gives a shit about it. No, honest, no right? nobody cares. Um, You know, it is a tool. Yeah. Now... Uh, to what point um, do you kind of, you know, lord that over the artist and kind of go, no, to be fair, that's a bit of a cop-out. Um, how, you know, where do, where do you stand on that? That's, that's up to each person's own personal, you know, uh, personal sort of choice, mm-hmm. for want of another word. Problem is, again, like I've said, AI is a buzzword right now. Absolutely. You know, whether you agree with it, whether you disagree with it, whether you agree with it partially, disagree with it, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, right now, AI is a hot topic. It is something that is being heavily debated by people that are far more intelligent than us. So (laughs) when it comes out, the these images have been enhanced by AI and it hasn't been disclosed. Yeah. People are going to kick off. Oh yeah. And especially considering that the company in question has burnt away most of its goodwill, people are going to kick off even more and jump on bandwagons. Yes. Now they have actually put out a, um, a statement. Yes, on X. <laughs> on oh, yeah. so weird calling it that. I I close my account. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> but it. But the the statement is: Today we became aware that an artist used AI to create artwork for the upcoming book Bigby Presents: Glory of the Giants. Mm-hmm. We have worked with this artist since 2014. Has put years of work into books we all love. While we weren't aware of the artist's choice to use AI in the creation process for these commission pieces we have discussed with him and he will not use ai for wizards work moving moving forward we are revising our process and updating our artist guidelines to make clear that artists must refrain from using ai generation as part of their art creation process for developing dnd art yeah which fair enough yeah that is i mean they've addressed the the situation promptly which is you know improvement in my book (laughs) um i'm a bit dubious as to how much they knew or didn't know about the artists that they hire um i mean that's the thing though right if he's been working with them since 2014 that's like what nine years he's probably at that point where they just say draw this and he goes away and does it and then they just say cool that looks good right he's been doing it for nine years with them that's a long time but the artist is known for using AI. But was he that, known back in 2014 when they first started working with him, or is the AI new for what he does now, right? I don't know. I honestly do not know, because, again, it's all we know is what 
we have in front of us. Yeah. Um, it just seems a bit strange to me. But again, even if even if D and D, even if wizards were aware, okay, let's mm-hmm. let's hypothetically say that wizards were aware that this person used AI to enhance their images. Mm-hmm. Chances are that they did not start work on the book. What a year ago, two years ago, maybe even. AI back um, yeah. then. AI back then was not. Yeah, because I mean, the, the, this book the is controversial subject. It is today. Oh God, no! Yeah. So even I mean, if, even if wizards were aware at that point that AI was being used, you can't really fault them. I mean, yes. Well, especially like this book is due out next week, right? <laughs> yeah, well, how long does it take? Two years. Yeah, Reason I'd speaking? say that. Yeah. To so, use to, to build everything, like all the content and then do all the artwork and, and all that. Yeah. So, so even if, even if wizards were potentially aware back then, two years ago, yeah, they wouldn't have gone, oh, wait a minute in two years time, this is going to be a problem. Exactly. You know? Um, so I do think as much as it pains me to say this. I do think some sort of understanding has to be um, taken mm-hmm. in regards to Wizards of the Coast. I mean, I, I think one of the the funny uh, arguments that I've seen people trying to make on this story is that, like, are oh, these people doing AI art is taking away jobs from artists? Like, no, but no, 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 you're kind of missing the point of this article. They hired an artist. That artist then used AI. <laughs> <laughs> It's like so, like that, like it's just yeah, it's just that's a funny argument to me. It's like they should have hired an artist. They they did. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think a simple disclaimer would make this problem go away. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know if it'd make it go away. I think people would then because let's be honest, right? Especially this day and age, people look for reasons to bitch, right? Like pe- people will find a reason to have a moan, um, so I think all a disclaimer would do is basically then people would say, "Oh, I can't believe they used AI to do this, taking away jobs from you know real artists or whatever." Right? People would find a different approach for it, um, especially considering as as we've you know mentioned a couple of times, wizards don't exactly have the best reputation at the moment, right? So I think even if wizards had put out with a disclaimer, people would have still found a reason to complain. Yeah, I get, I get that, but <laughs> at the same time, you've got the kind of, you've got a bit more of a, a moral standpoint to kind of go. You were warned. Yeah, Keep but right there, you didn't have to buy the book. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, uh, every D and D book does have a disclaimer. I don't know if you've seen that. What about AI? No, 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 no. And <laughs> that's not the point I'm making. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I know. Just that uh it was there's a there's a it's like a funny disclaimer that they've put in like every single book. This um, book is written by cunts? No. <laughs> that should be on there. Um I'll see if I can find it later, but there, there is like a, a a disclaimer about like something it's like a really stupid disclaimer that's just like quite funny that they've put in every single book. Fair enough. But yeah, so you know, give D and D a bit of a break. To be fair, you know, again, if you don't, oh. if you've heavily opposed to it, then don't buy the book. Yeah, 
it's it's quite simple you know it, it is <laughs> you know we're in we live in a world where money talks and we kind it of does. vote with our yeah. wallet and so if if people are against this don't buy the book and then maybe in the future they'll approach it a different way yeah personally i'm in favor of paizo's stance where months ago they just went yeah no ai well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what Wizards have said now, because up until somebody used AI in their book, they don't really have a reason to take a stance on it. <laughs> or now, so, that, now that they've been caught, maybe. Well, no, because they weren't, they weren't caught. He openly said, like, yeah, I used AI. Like, he just came out and said it for no real reason. <laughs> like, it wasn't like somebody went, hey, hang on a minute. <laughs> but I have found that disclaimer. So in the, the player's handbook, there's a disclaimer that says, uh, Wizards of the Coast is not responsible for the consequences of splitting up the team, sticking appendages in the mouth of a leering green devil face, accepting a dinner invitation from bugbears, storming the feast hall of a hill giant steading, angering a dragon of any variety, or saying yes when the DM asks, are you really sure? <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. <laughs> it's that last one for me. That's when the DM asks, are you really sure? <laughs> like, guys please no <laughs> but yeah no i think yeah i think it's um it's something the world needs to make its mind up on it needs to make it up fast with the whole ai art thing yeah i mean especially because you know we are talking about people's livelihoods mm -hmm. um especially when it comes to like the the writer's strike and and all that um it's it's not pretty no and it is quite dark it is quite a dark time and speaking of dark times wow that was that was bad that was shoehorned I that was yeah that was bad like you went on a whole tangent just to get to that one <laughs> no i know it, it, was, a, it was a journey um i kind of wish i'd have seen this last week for when couch mm. was on because I know he'd be excited about this. He would. He would, yeah. Um, but I saw something crop up on Facebook from Evil Genius Gaming, who we haven't really featured too much. No, we haven't. Um, and it is The Crow. Yes. As in the Brandon Lee classic. Yes. So visit the world of The Crow and wreak vengeance on those who would turn the lands of the living and the dead on their head. Some tragedies never rest, even after death. So it is an expansion to their everyday heroes system, mm -hmm. which is based on modern 20 adapted to 5e. And I've only just realized how many licenses evil genius games have. Yeah. There's a, there's a few. There is a few. This is just just a few. Waiting for the page to load, but there's a few. The crow being one of them. Uh, a few. I mean, they've got the the Kong, yeah. Pacific Rim. Uh, what else? Escape from got? New York. Yeah. yeah. Total Recall, Highlander, mm -hmm. yeah, Rambo, Rambo, Universal, Universal Soldier. Soldier. It's like, oh my god, that just sounds yeah. like my childhood. It's basically uh, the eighties films. If it was an 80s action film, they've made a game for it. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I really need to into some of them. I mean, I'd be interested in Pacific Rim, to mm. be honest. 
you know. And plus, you were looking for like, more stuff you could do with 5e. Rules. I was. I was, actually. Uh, maybe maybe that, um, the Everyday Heroes rule set. Oh, I've actually seen this before. I didn't even realize that this was the same thing. Yeah, so it's a modern-day role-playing system based on D20 Modern, refreshed for the fifth edition. Mm. Updated by some of D20's original designers, Everyday Heroes would delight fans everywhere. Yeah, so it basically turns like all of your stats and stuff into like action film stats instead. Um, so there's like car chases with explosions and computer hacking and all, all that sort of fun stuff. But it's basically like it, it's every action film ever from the 80s and 90s. Um, there's a way to build like the the main character from it in this system. Um. Yeah, I, I literally, I've been told about this, oh God, like six years ago, somebody mentioned this to me. I was like, that sounds really cool. And then I forgot about it until like five seconds ago. Yeah, so, it does actually sound really cool. <laughs> it, it's, it sounds like it's something that's up both our alleys. <laughs> it, it so fucking does. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm an odd everyday hero soloist. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not everyday even heroes, I don't, I don't know which... I don't know which yet. Maybe the. Well, I mean, we can do the base, and then we can always get the uh, the specific film ones later. Yeah, so, that's yeah. probably the best way to do it. Heroes. <laughs> I typed everyday herpes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you mentioned something like that, and that's quite an evil disease. Is little herpes because it doesn't go away. Speaking of evil. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you shoot, shoot one in a Segway. Speaking of herpes. <laughs> um, there is a... <laughs> oh, that was so bad. I broke myself. Oh, my God. Right. Where evil lies is what I wanted to talk about. Do you want to, do you want to try that again? No. Where evil lies. <laughs> um, it looks like a really, really cool book. Um, I don't know if you've read much about it or anything like that, but it's basically a book with 22 different dungeons. Uh, there's at least one dungeon for every level from second level to 20th. Every single one of those dungeons has like a boss, like a full layout, a bunch of information about the boss and running the thing. So basically it's a shit. My party wants a quest and I don't have anything prepared in a box. <laughs> Yeah, reading it now. Mm. So it comes from uh, Matt Coville. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Coville, is DM awesome. Yeah, he's very, awesome. Very, very good at what he does. He is whatever fantastic. Happened, whatever happened to the system they were going to put out? Uh, it's probably still happening. Mm. I, it's, I, I imagine it's a lot of work. Mm. But anyway, so Matt Coville brought mm-hmm. out this. And, you know, I think anybody who's ever GM'd, has seen a Matt Coville video. Absolutely. At yeah. some point, just to kind of go, how should I tackle this particular? It's basically. I have no like, idea how to do that. Oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> it's basically what um, the couch would look like. Yes. If we knew what we were talking about. It's, it's exactly what it would look like. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just love the way that he starts every single video with. Now, you don't have to do it this way, but this is how I do it, which instinctively means. That's yeah. how everybody that watches this video is going to do it. 
it's why we're watching the video. We want to know how you did it so we could do it the same way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, the guy is, is phenomenal. Oh, he is. He's, he's amazing. And the fact that, you know, it, it, it's him that's put this together, you know it's going to be really good. You know it's going to flow well. Um, and, yeah, it, it's just it's going to be something that you could, if you haven't got anything prepped, you've got a game coming up, and your party go, oh, we're going to check the notice board to see if there's anything we can do. And you're like, shit, I don't have anything prepared for that. Uh, yeah, there's there's a note about this. And then just throw one of these dungeons that's the appropriate level. Job done. <laughs> yeah, it is looking, looking good. It's color, color, currently, sorry, um, back a kit. Um, mm-hmm. They've already surpassed their 150,000 goal. Quite comfortably. Yeah, they've they're en route to doubling that so good yeah. for them i know and i'm presuming yeah 5e so yeah unfortunately i'm not interested but <laughs> i am um i'm sure for 50 dollars, i can get the hard cover on the pdf that's very tempting so yeah i mean that that's quite good <sighs> and but plus i mean again with it being mac Hovel, you kind of yeah. You know, there's gonna be something good in there. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's gonna be good stuff. It's gonna just be, yeah. It's it's gonna tick the boxes, right? Yeah, definitely. So, speaking of the couch, shall we head over? Shall we head over? All right. Have you received anything this week? I have not. So I've got all three. All three, oh man! All three questions and quandaries. Oh man! <laughs> Let me just bring up a jot form. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here, here should we start with? Should we start with Couch himself? Uh sure. Okay, I'm just trying to find one that he hasn't. Yeah, because he asked a few when he was here with us. He asked a few, and I'm just trying to find the one. Okay, so this is written in by the formerly as known couch chef. <laughs> Watching sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. <laughs> um, we all know how to build a character, but when it comes to NPCs, we either see them as disposable or the best thing ever. What is your approach to ensuring the right NPCs are picked up in the right places? How do you make your NPCs oh. improve? I have a very, very easy answer for this. I don't. I just throw NPCs at them, and whichever one sticks, that's the one that's important. And then I'll flesh out that one. (laughs) It's the easiest way, because you never, like, you will spend six months designing the perfect NPC, and then the players don't even talk to them. Uh, (laughs) Like, so, yeah, the easiest way to do it, let your players pick one, and then that's the one you flesh out. Yeah, I mean, to a certain certain degree, um, I do kind of agree with that. Um, I do throw a lot of NPCs at my players, Mm -hmm. and they do seem to randomly pick some, Mm -hmm. which I then kind of flesh out a bit more. But at the same time, sometimes for story reasons, I've written in an NPC. Yeah. And I... You know, whether it's through just pure perseverance, I make sure they know they're important. Um, <laughs> so there, you, you walk up to this guy, there's a huge neon sign that says, this guy is important. 
I mean, a lot of it is basically you hold information to ransom. Yeah. That is the best way of doing it. You know, mm. they come up and kind of go, oh, we need this information. Oh, you know that dude you ignored? There yeah, you he had it. He had yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they've got to chase him down and then I can be a dick. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I have had it once where no matter what I did, they just were so antagonistic mm. about this um about this NPC. So they were in they were in a city and there was a captain of the Hell Knights for one reason or another went and and spoke to them, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And they were just taking the piss. Yeah. Like they were just absolutely taking the piss out of this guy. So I had him killed <laughs> and put on display. He was left hanging from an arch <laughs> by the current, like the, the at the moment unknown bad guy of that arc. So then I had his boss come in. And yeah. that was an entirely different story. Yeah. Because it was not fucking about. And I kind of thought like commanded their respect mm. you know because the original guy he was kind of like yeah okay right if you wouldn't mind blah 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 and they just he was a bitch they were basically. just the face, but this yeah. guy comes in and he's like okay this is what you're gonna do and you're gonna do this now yeah I, I think as well him, like fuck out of my city <laughs> i think as well like once you've been with the same group for a while you'll kind of know how they think to a degree um so you'll know how to make an npc a bit more important to them as well we'll probably come with it a little bit yeah there always has to be you always have to sell um and you have to have something to sell yeah an npc for the sake of an npc is not going to be interesting to them unless no. they unless they determine it is however an npc which serves their purpose exactly yeah and the more elusive you make said npc mm. the more interested they become yeah i would also like to add don't force an npc into the group because all that will do is make them want to kill that person because they think they're a bad guy but i mean everything i do with my my table they don't trust me anyway so no but that's because it's you i'm uh, talking about i'm talking about everybody else <laughs> Yeah, yeah. because um, yeah, I've I've been in um, like groups where like an NPC has been like forced into the party, um, and every single time that's happened, the general consensus of the group is they're going to betray us. We should kill them now. Um, so unless that's what you're going for, then do it. Shoehorn them in. Um, but yeah, I, I would say avoid that as well because yeah, you're just going to make them want to kill that person. I've noticed I get more attention if I actually embody the NPCs with my own personality. <laughs> because if I try kind of create this personality for them, so say they meet an NPC who is, you know, who has some valuable information and they're a fugitive, they, they're a known fugitive in some part of the world. Yeah. And you've got the paladin trying to kind of convince them. If, if I kind of play the NPC as originally intended, 
you know, the paladin will probably get the upper hand. Yeah. But the moment I kind of strip that away and kind of go, right, you are now talking to me. <laughs> you playing a character have to convince me. Me, yeah. And when they kind of go, oh, yes, but you're wanted in what am I wanted for? You know what I'm wanted for? No, you fucking don't. How does that fit with your paladin code? Because I can argue until the cows come out. And, but, no. Okay, but then the players kind of go, okay, we there is a potential for us to lose this. Yeah. There is a potential for us to lose this thread. Yeah. So we have to play it carefully. And that always works for me. If I'm ever in if I'm ever seeing an NPC kind of on shaky ground. It's like, okay, you're now no longer talking to the NPC. <laughs> and it works every single fucking time. Yeah. So that was a good question. I enjoyed it. It was. I like that one. All right. So we have another question here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from our good friend, Malin. Yeah. As soon as it loads. <clears throat> Malin from Serbia. His question is, uh, his question is, I have township yet no houses, forest but no trees, rivers but no water. What am I? A map. Yeah, I knew that as well. Yeah. Although I would have settled for Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow's baby name list. <laughs> Oh, so I, I love those kind of riddles, though, because those are the kind of things that, like, if you know it, you know it. If you don't know it, you'll sit there for, like, eight weeks going, what the fuck is the answer? Yeah, but do you know what? Do you know, do you know what? Do you know what I'm worried about? What? That this is now going to start a trend. Oh, well, people just sending us riddles. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> That's fine by me, dude. I love a good riddle. Oh, man. <laughs> dude, I, oh, dude, I love a good riddle. And think about it this way. It's, it's getting content for your games, because if they send in a brilliant riddle... You've now got a riddle to throw at your players. Providing they don't, you know, listen to the show. Yeah, which, exactly. They listen which, to the show. and Which most knows. of mine do. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, yeah, that kind of defeats like, I have a riddle for you. Shit. <laughs> you kind of counterpointed yourself. I did. I do that a lot. Because um, <laughs> I'll say something and then my brain will catch up with the rest of the thought process. It, goes, oh, it doesn't work. <laughs> i'm trying to think of other funny answers and i'm kind of drawing a blank <laughs> and i thought we were going to milk 10 minutes out of this at least Malin, <laughs> <laughs> oh. thank you ever so much and oh dear god i can't imagine what's going to fucking happen next week now oh uh, yeah i think i feel like we're just going to get a list of riddles now oh, for fuck's sake <laughs> well you do let you guys do that in the knowledge that you'll be annoying me you uh, realize you just made them want to do it more, right? Yeah, but I had to be, you know, for the for the sake of <laughs> openness and candor, I, I did have to just kind of like <laughs> just just reiterate like, that point. Yeah, fucking tits in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much, Marlin. Mm. I shall put in a riddle when I run fucking bind. <laughs> <laughs> put in that riddle, but just that, change it slightly. Riddle. That exact riddle, but change the answer. Have, <laughs> the answer is no longer I have in that. Towers, but no bricks. <laughs> I have coasts, but no 
Water. Sex on the beach. <laughs> I have coast but no sand. Fair and enough. I, yeah, I have yeah. mount, mountains but no rock. All right, so the next question comes from Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually asked me this via Facebook Messenger, so I don't have a, a funny location. <laughs> He's in a place that has forests but no trees. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Sci-Fi's question is, how much role-playing takes place in your games and how is it managed? Um. Well, I mean as much as the players want really for me. Um, so as I've mentioned, like most of my players are new, so I don't want to start like restricting anything or, or anything like that. Like if it is getting to a point where it's like, we need to move it along, then I'll, I'll move it along. But you can do that in role playing as well. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it as much as the players want, I think is is my answer to that. Um, because yeah, I don't want to deny them the the experience that they want. You know, my answer to that is the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> None. Fuck them. <laughs> nah. This is a math game. <laughs> um, I my players, um, the 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 usual table that I'm at, um, it kind of falls into two camps. Mm. It falls into the camp of we want to role play. We want yeah. to, you know, um, have the spotlight and and do these these amazing, wonderful sort of nar- narrated moments and, and exchanges and flesh out our characters and and do all this, which is great. Then you've got the other camp, which is we're not that interested in that. Mm-hmm. You know, we will feed you enough. We will feed off you, but at the same time, we're happy to just play. I want to go, hit, I want to go hit things. You know, we <laughs> play the game, whether that's skill checks or whether that's combat. Yeah. Um. So <clears throat> it's important to moderate. It is important to designate um a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. To let these players who who like this, like the sort of narrative and the role play, have their moments, but at the same time, not give them the spotlight constantly. Yeah. And no, the, I, I get that. Yeah. The way I normally do that is I leave the role players till last, mm. because I will go round and like, okay, guys. Um, you're all in the tavern. The night is drawing to a close. Does anything, anybody want to do something before we kind of skip ahead to the morning? And I'll go, you. And I'll pick one of the people who doesn't role play. Yeah. Is there anything you want to do? You know, oh, you know, I just want to drink and forget the day and then go to bed. Fine. Yeah. You. And then I'll go to the next person who yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. role play. And I will purposely leave the people who do want to have their little critical role moment, um, <laughs> I will give them the, the spotlight last. Yeah. And I do this for one simple reason. If what they're doing does kind of drag on a tiny bit, then no one can complain. Yeah. Because I've given you your chance. 
You had yeah. a chance. You had your moment. You either did something or you didn't do something. Fair enough. Now, yeah. now that you've had that opportunity, now let's give it to the people who will work the room and will do whatever. But at the same time, I will still kind of subtly nudge when it when I start seeing a conversation become cyclical. Mm. Because a lot of times it does. Yeah. Because they all want to have their moment and want to sort of embellish. And when it when the conversation becomes cyclical, it's like, okay, so this is how you're feeling. Yeah. This is how your character's feeling. Okay. Right. We're going to move on to, and then I'll move on to the next person. The next who one. Wants, yeah, yeah. Who wants to kind of role play it out a bit. <clears throat> I, I normally mentally designate a, uh, a time. Hmm. I don't tell the players that, but I'll look at the clock. I'll look at the time and just kind of go, all right, 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, I'm going to give them 15 minutes to get everything said, everything done. And then it's a kind of, right, if no one's got anything else, we are moving on. Yeah. That's my, that is my sort of tactic. Because the way I see it, we're not only there to moderate the game, we're there to moderate the social interaction that comes with the game. Yeah. So, you know, you have to share the spotlight amongst your players, regardless mm -hmm. of how how much they want it. Like, okay, you've had enough time now. Now I'm going to focus on somebody else. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, I'm, I'm a bit more stringent. Um, well, I, I think, I think, it, I think that the difference really is coming from I my players don't know enough about the game to really fit into either camp yet, if that makes sense. Yeah. So giving them enough rope to do what they want with it, um, but then just making sure there's not quite enough that they fuck themselves, right? Um, is kind of what where I'm at with it. Um, because like until they until we get through those like a, you know six or seven or eight of those situations where we go through and then you know player one just goes on, oh, no, I'm just going to like, you know, have a, have a beer and go to bed. Um, but that might've been their role play for that night because maybe in their mind, the character is just shattered and wants to go to bed. Right. Um, so I think cause, cause my players are newer. I think it's, I, yeah, it, it, it would be like, I still kind of do it the same way going around the table like that, but I can't prioritize um, anyone just yet because they don't even know which camp they fit in and i don't want to be the one to tell them which camp they fit in um i think it's important that they find that out themselves much like scott did with us because i mean when when we were all playing there were some of us that preferred you know the going on for six million years looking at you um, <laughs> um and then there were some of us that preferred to just sit in the tree in my defense, I made it fucking funny. Though. You did, you did, and I think as well. Like back then, I was, I was. I mean, now I'm, I'm a lot more focused on the RP side of things. Whereas back then, I was trying to get my head around the maths, um, because I, I am a numbers guy, and I wanted to really get the most out of it. So I, I wasn't really getting too engaged with the story elements. Um, whereas now, I feel like that's not what I would enjoy anymore. Um, and I've been, you know, I've mentioned it a few time, times on the podcast now. I've been trying to um, 
get into that embellishy mode a bit more and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, the next time I set up a cipher game, um, you're welcome to join it. Mm. Um, because that is a, is a system that is a really good balance between mechanics and, and role play. So it's not like Monster of the Week where it's heavy narrative. Yeah. Um, and it's not like Pathfinder where it's heavy mechanics. It is a good sort of middle ground. Yeah. So we can we can definitely do that. Or if not, some just Delta Green and let's just have some. Yeah, fun. Delta Green. That's fun. I oh, dude, I love Delta Green. It's so much fun. I'll definitely keep you posted for, mm. for the next session of that. But I do believe that is all we have time for tonight. I would agree with you because I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to thank the uh, couch sci-fi and Marlin for sending mm -hmm. questions. Marlin riddles, really. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, I, I mean, it's, wanna... it's technically a question. It is. It is. Had a question um, mark and everything. <laughs> I want to thank you for spending some time with me this evening. You're very um, welcome. Do you want to tell people whereabouts they can find you? No, but I will. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you can find me on pretty much all social medias um, at Justin Accurate TV. Um, and yeah, that's that, that'll be it. And obviously on our Facebook group. As for me, you can also find me on the Facebook group and you can find me on dice.camp as at natural one. You can mm -hmm. no longer find me on Twitter because I. It's called X now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you walked into that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you can no longer find me on Elon Musk's wank bank <laughs> in any way, shape, or form because I've deactivated all my accounts. Um, not for any ideological reason. I just got so fucking bored with it. Yeah, I decided well, it wasn't for me anymore. I mean, that's, that's why I deleted Facebook originally. But I'm also on Instagram and mm. and whatever bastardized thing they're doing with threads i don't know but yeah i'm mostly mostly interactive on mastodon dice.camp come and find me and have a little mm -hmm. chat and most of all i want to thank our wonderful listeners for taking time out of their busy days to listen to two idiots waffle on yes thank much you very much and good night good night everybody